Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm here with Kirsty, and we are in the middle of our competent coding series. So we are talking a lot about physical and occupational therapy, motor billing codes, and it's actually been really insightful and fun. I've enjoyed this. We first decided to do this. Both of us were like, oh, CPT awesome. codes, way to go. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, but actually, this has really been fun. We've yeah. talked a lot about intervention ideas, and we've talked about thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing. And I know that for both of us, actually, in a very weird, therapist nerdy kind of way is exciting well and I think when you get to talk about (laughs) interventions and why you're doing it it gets to the core of why you do what you do and I think it excites us and we like to see therapists get better and when they're accurate about what they're billing and they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it it makes their documentation better and ultimately then also it really makes the therapy better and that's why we're here that's why we keep showing up well while you're talking about that sometimes because when I drive over from Southern Pines to Fayetteville sometimes there's a pretty lengthy drive and there's a lot on the radio <laughs> um, and I, I was listening to I can't remember what station and they were talking about do you have a do you have a career or a job mm. and they were taking a poll about do you have a career or your a job and I thought about it for a second I'm like no, I have a career because it bleeds into every part of who I am and what I do. Yeah. And like, you can't shut it off. We say this all the time to people when we're interviewing too, that we have a career. We've chosen a career for ourselves, which means there's lifelong learning. And there's also always checking in. There's holding ourselves accountable and it's holding other people we work with accountable because we do have a career. It kind of, it permeates larger than just the job in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I've had jobs in my life. You've had jobs in your life, but this is a career. And I think that's what kind of makes it fun to talk about something that could seem really, really boring (laughs) to most people. Like really you're doing a series on the CPT codes and you're breaking down each code. That doesn't really sound that fun, but then when you start talking about interventions and why you do it and when to use what codes, it makes a lot more sense because it's really at the heart of what you do. So today we're going to talk about some maybe less frequently used codes but also important codes to know and have in your pocket just in case you were to need them in therapy because Mm -hmm. we always want to be mindful of what we're doing and billing appropriately so manual therapy 97140 massage 97124 and then we also have one for self-care home management training and that's a 97535 so we're going to talk about those today so how are these things go together or not but either way, it doesn't matter. We're still talking about all three one of them. One is not like the other. That's right. One is not like the other. <laughs> Two of these things belong and one does not. So Go back to Sesame Street. There we you do go. This. Hey, you know what? If it worked, if you learned it in kindergarten, I can pretty much follow along with it. And that I learned that in kindergarten. So there you go. All right. Well, let's get into the first one. So the 97124 is the massage code. You know, if you think back to graduate school, you have your petrissage, effleurage, you have all these different... Ashages. Yeah, ashages. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the speech therapist. <laughs> I don't know, all I heard is assage. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm diagnosing over here. Is that a lisp? Is that what is happening over there? <laughs> but um, some, just to give you an idea, sometimes where I might use massage is, you know, you have your child that comes in for therapy and mom's like oh yeah she's really uncomfortable you know maybe she has an upset tummy or a baby that's really gassy just GI troubles we see children with low tone down syndrome in particular they can have a lot of gut issues and Mm -hmm. you know if you think low tone the skeletal muscles are low tone before we started this podcast I said if 
If the skeletal muscles are low tone, the likelihood that the muscles of the involuntary muscles are going to be high tone is pretty slim. So it kind of follows. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you have like gut motility issues. And so I might use massage in for that purpose. Not that I have necessarily a specific goal, but I can't do anything functionally if the child is not comfortable. Mm -mm. So you might have to first get your patient comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And thank goodness we were with peds in that regard, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) We're talking about guts being comfortable. Yeah. Pete is the way to go. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you're the PT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does impact their whole little life. Yeah. 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 So, and what baby, like, you know, I've got four kids and of the four, three definitely had like tummy things happening. So like most, yeah. a lot of time babies, you know, for all kinds of issues can have tummy problems. Well, I mean. Lactose intolerance, whatever. You know, whether you're nursing formula, whatever, you hear all the time, like if you're a nursing mom, like don't eat this, this, and this. Well, right. Okay. What can I eat? Yeah, yeah. Because you'll pass it on to the baby. So, I mean, it's just by nature. Yep. So the 97124 is a timed code. So as you build it in a 15-minute unit and follow your CPT unit coding rules regarding the timing and billing of that code, but it's it's, it's a timed code. Okay. Okay. And so when it's any massage. So the other code, the manual therapy code, this I actually use more of because our babies with torticollis, a lot of times therapists, they're they're working on that SCM and trap muscle um, and working on those bigger muscle groups. And I think a lot of times that suboccipital triangle that is responsible also for side bending, lateral flexion and rotation gets kind of bypassed. Mm-hmm. So if you're working on fine tuning torticollis because you know they've had it for a little while and it hasn't resolved then you're going to have to work on those deeper muscle structures and that suboccipital triangle is really really deep in the neck so I do work on suboccipital release with Mm -hmm. babies with torticollis it's part of not that I have like a protocol necessarily for treating torticollis but I definitely have an agenda when I go in and work with babies with torticollis Um, and I think if you've sat on one of my sessions with a baby with torticollis, there's a definite progression that I have for therapy and intervention and what I give for homework initially versus down the road and kind of how all that's spaced out. But um, I do do suboccipital release and I do do manual traction, cervical traction, very, very gentle on a baby. A lot of times I'll even do it on the parents so that they can see what it feels like because sometimes it's scary. You know, you're handling their their infant um, and sometimes we're seeing babies as month old, two months old. So mm-hmm. um, I do it on the parent. I let them see what it feels like. And so they know that it's not invasive. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's not so bad. That's actually kind of relaxing. I'm like, it is. I know. People, like, pay to go have this done. (laughs) Um, So I do the suboccipital with the manual traction. And those are the two primary ones I use. But you can use manual traction of a joint. Like, if you're working on, you have a child with an elbow flexion contracture, and you're working on manual traction with range of motion. So you might be working on the 97110 for passive range of motion, but then also also adding in manual traction to increase the range. So there's different reasons for using that manual therapy code. Again, if I'm working with torticollis for a different podcast, we talk a little bit about it in the AMA versus Medicaid billing, but Medicaid does have a mixed remainder rule. So if for suboccipital release, I'm doing it for five minutes in conjunction with that manual therapy, and I might massage the muscle for three minutes at the end, I can then combine those two to get eight minutes for my last billing unit and then do 9711 
110 or 112 for the remainder of the session. So that's just an aside. Check out our podcast on AMA versus Medicaid billing. But the purpose of this podcast is to kind of give you an idea of when to use that 97140, why you would use it, how you would use it, just so you can better have an idea of that code. So there's definitely different times and purposes for using them. So massage, you're just massaging. So you're like you were saying before about the gut, helping with the gut or muscle relaxation. I'm just trying to think of all the massage Mm -hmm. purposes, that kind of thing. But the manual therapy, that's not to relax. What are you trying to achieve with the manual therapy? A lot of times uh, muscle elongation. So Mm -hmm. suboccipital release, I'm trying to relax that suboccipital triangle, manual traction. I'm trying to lengthen muscle structures of the cervical spine. So it is, it's for lengthening in the particular example I'm giving. I've seen OTs do massage too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've seen OTs do a lot of the 97140? Probably not. I have on occasion worked with a therapist, an occupational therapist, because doctors sometimes make a referral for a baby with torticollis to OT. Yeah, no, that does. That makes and, sense. And um, it has happened recently, and I've kind of walked a therapist through my entire program of how I set that up, how I evaluate, how um, therapy is initiated, kind of what you're giving as homework, and suboccipital release is part of that. So if you were doing like, and I, we don't see a lot of scar tissue in kids, but we see some, but scar tissue, would that massage. be more of a massage, mm-hmm. not so much of a manual therapy? No. Because you're not trying to... It's not traction. And there's different, like, depending on the length of the scar and the incision, how how you would massage it, the time for the different lengths. So that's more massage. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's massage. Okay. I'm just trying to get some understanding around the two and when you would do what. And for here at our clinic, we don't have different lotions and we have deep prep for massage. Mm-hmm. Um But if a parent wants to choose to use a different product for their child, we tell them to bring it in just because of allergies and different things with different children. I think it's important to say that because so many kids, and you are dealing with young kids who really you may not even realize they're allergic to anything yet. So Mm -hmm. definitely use something that's completely hypoallergenic or have the parent bring in their own product. Yeah, And I just explained to the parent, it's not that we can't have products on hand here at PDT, but everybody is so like just what families use mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in order to honor that and also be compliant. I don't know that you and I ever leave a situation, we don't say this too, but anytime a product's used, they always wipe down everything associated sure. with it so it doesn't transition to another child. I think we say that all the time, but the urge was coming upon me, so yeah. I said it. So and we feel like it. that's a given, <laughs> like you use that ball, you should be wiping Wipe it, it down. down. Mm-hmm. Just another side, if a parent, if I'm gonna use the therapy ball with a child, I actually take and use their blanket and place it over the ball. So Mm -hmm. I'm not putting a child directly on the ball. We should be washing the balls anyway. But honestly, for doing an exercise or an activity, just the smell and something familiar helps. It does help. Then they're happy with you. Mm Versus, why are you sticking me on this plastic ball? (laughs) 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 Um, But no, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, that helped clarify that. Because, yeah, those two can be confusing. Is it when do you do what? And, you know, sometimes if you're not real sure, then I see where therapists will sort of steer away from the whole thing altogether. Yeah, and I think that, like, steering away, it, it... causes them to be underutilized mm-hmm. when when they should be incorporated in therapy. Mm-hmm. If they're doing it, yeah. Okay, again, it all comes back to what are you doing and why are you doing it? Name of the game. That is it. So then the last code we're going to talk about, which is a somewhat, you know, a code that people don't really think about, is what I call the ADL code. Yep. It's the 97535. Yep. And so, but there's more to it than just ADLs, activities of daily living. 
actually, so will you define the whole thing for us? Because there's actually more in there than just ADLs. So it's actually called the self-care home management training. This procedure is medically necessary only when it requires the professional skills of a therapist. It's designed to address specific needs of the patient and is part of an active treatment plan directed at specific outcomes. And so what that covers then is um, ADL and compensatory training, meal preparations, so child has to make a sandwich, <laughs> and the steps to do so, safety procedures like the iron is hot, the hot water versus the cold water. Those are all safety procedures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Use of assistive devices and adaptive equipment. So you think like adaptive spoons um, and how that ties into meal prep, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, we find that a lot of times insurances don't cover this codes. So we're actually not using this code and putting it under something else that would be appropriate. It goes back to what you're doing and why you're doing it. So you've got to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you're just working on, so for example, if you truly are doing like the safety training of, you know, hot water, cold water, or you're doing like the iron is hot, that type of thing, then yeah, that this would be the code. But if you're thinking, okay, I'm targeting this ADL because I'm working on brushing teeth, you may be working on sequential activity. And that's the 97530 of therapeutic activity, not necessarily the ADL code because mm -hmm. yes you're working on brushing teeth but maybe the goal is actually following the sequential activity which is a therapeutic activity not brushing teeth unique to pdt and it might be more organizations out there but for pdt our therapists have access to what's written in the treatment plan as far as what insurance will cover so mm -hmm. when we verify insurances here at pdt our therapists have access to the information to know what insurance is going to cover and they will know off the bat if insurance will cover the mm -hmm. adl code so they know when creating the plan how they're going to do that yeah yeah you, ha you have to ask somebody has to ask from the organization is this covered when you call to verify the insurance otherwise well and you also have to get paid for what you're doing it makes a family very unhappy if they think oh this is getting covered by the insurance they've been yeah. told this and then they find out oh oopsie daisy this insurance doesn't cover this code day for you. then it's a bad situation you're gonna have to either eat a lot of charges or they're gonna have to come up with a lot of money and either way somebody is not happy right <laughs> so so you need to find out from the insurance company they'll cover it and this is one of those codes it's really iffy iffy if yeah. the insurance company will or won't so we just wanted to bring awareness to this code mm -hmm. we're not going to kind of hang on it for mm -hmm. a long like, length of time and i think it's pretty self-explanatory i mean the, yeah. the definition really tells it all i mean there's really not any gray area for me in this code it's an ADL. <laughs> it is. But just remember, if it's a therapeutic activity versus an ADL, you know, because really you may be doing the activity of brushing the teeth, the activity of, you know, making brownies, the activity of um, getting dressed, not the actual ADL. If you're working on fasteners, that might be a strengthening goal, or that could be a visual motor, motor goal. And that's not this ADL goal. That's a fastener goal. Right. You know, that's something totally different. So you got to think about like what you're doing and why you're doing it. It right. is the theme of this series. It, 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 why it, are you doing what you're doing? That's right. So think about that and don't just lump it underneath there because I think it's really important. So, But really, also build codes that you have authorization for. <laughs> yes. And really that goes for all three of these codes because yeah. all three of these codes are not like the heavy hitters that we hear about all the time. They're codes that are very specific to a specific activity. Well, and for example, for TRICARE, Medicaid is, they're not specific to code. They're mm -hmm. specific to visit and units. But for TRICARE, this is like for um, suboccipital release, mm -hmm. uh, the 97140, mm -hmm. that's not a code that they're generally just going to put out there. So A lot for, of insurance won't. No. Insurance for us won't. here at PDT, if I know I want that code and I do the evaluation and I know that's what I'm going to need, I have to contact our people that do the authorization to make sure that we acquire that code before I start treatment so that I have that to use. 
And I think that applies for a lot of insurances. You know, TRICARE, I know for our area is a big one, but I know that for a lot of insurance companies, they want you to get authorization for certain codes before you just go and do it. Yeah. So you have to know what you want and go get it and, you know. There you go. And somebody has to get it. And we work in outpatients, so you have to know about insurance. You have to know, you have to know about insurance. You just do. Here's what we're not saying. You don't want to code things based on the reimbursement. You want to code things based on what you're doing and why you're doing it and the accuracy of it. But And if, make sure you get authorization for it. Yeah. So, but if you need that code and you don't have it, then you do need to get authorization yes. for it because otherwise... So it's you can not, appropriately bill it yeah, under yeah, that code. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those are the three codes that are important, but yet maybe not used as often as others, but important to understand. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you, Kirsty. And also she and I have gone through a bunch of other codes for those other heavy hitters I mentioned, like the 97110, 97112, 97530, the gate training code, 97116. We've talked about all those in, in length in podcasts. So go back and check those out if you want to learn more. And also cms.gov is a great resource for coding as well. That's in the show notes. So check out these codes and others there. Always good to kind of keep that one bookmarked on your computer, that website. But also the other podcasts we have with the Working Therapist is another great resource of information on coding and variety of topics. So thanks, Kirsty, for clearing that up for us for those. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.